If you have your Bibles, turn to Second Timothy. And we're going to be reading out of chapter 3 tonight. There's really one particular verse I want to focus on, but I think I'm going to read, I don't know, maybe most of that chapter. It's not very long, but it really all uh, kind of needs to be heard. Uh, the title of the message tonight is A Convenient Christian. Hopefully none of us are just convenient Christians tonight, and you'll know more what I'm talking about here in a minute. But let's start in verse 1 of chapter 3. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, <clears throat> proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jans and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now this is the verse I want you to hear. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now... Let's just thank God for the Word tonight. Lord, we just come to You once again. We thank You for this wonderful Word You've given us tonight, Lord. Help us to just begin to prepare our hearts and minds. Send Your Holy Spirit right now to just confirm this Word to us in our hearts, Lord. Just let Your name be lifted up and glorified in everything that's said and done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now let's look at verse 12 again. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. Like I said, the title of the message tonight is A Convenient Christian. Are you living godly, or are you one of those that we read about earlier that just has the form of godliness? This scripture says that if you are living godly, now, I believe you can be a Christian or at least receive salvation, and not live godly after the fact. But this scripture says that if you are living godly, you're going to suffer persecution. And what is the reason for that? The reason is because the Word tells us that there is enmity between God and the world. That means there's a division. They are at odds with each other. You could say enemies. And that's where... I guess probably the root of that word comes from. But the point is, if you're living a godly life, 
your life is going to be in opposition to the worldly people around you. And it's an, it's an offense to them. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but as a Christian, when you take a stand for Christ, it's offensive to those that are not Christians. So, I want you all to examine yourself tonight. And just as always, I examine myself as I prepare these messages, and a lot of times they're for me. So, don't think I get off somehow and get out of the chastening, but I catch it before you do. But are you prepared to suffer persecution? You know, the point I really want to make to you tonight is that it's easy to be a Christian when you're around other Christians, when it's convenient. It's easy to be a Christian when you are in dire need and you need God to help you. It's easy to be holy when you're at church. But when you get into the world, you get around worldly people, that's where the truth really comes out. This will show up not only to everybody else, but it ought to be evident to you. When you get around other people and you see that you just keep your mouth shut and you allow things to be done and said in your presence that you aren't normally willing to put up with, What's the problem? Is it those other people? No. The problem is with you because you are the one that is different or should be. You're the one that ought to be taking a stand when you're in front of people and they slander the name of Jesus. When when they start talking about things that are filthy and nasty and just like we read all these different things that you're going to see in these days and times, these people that go against everything the Bible teaches. When you're in the presence of those kind of people and you don't take a stand, you're not living godly. You're you're not standing up for the name of Jesus and that's why you're not suffering any persecution. Now listen, I'm not trying to tell you that you're going to suffer persecution every day. I'm not trying to tell you that you necessarily ought to go looking for persecution, but I want you to know that Paul welcomed persecution. He didn't go looking for it, but he welcomed it. Because he knew when persecution came, he had his opportunity. That was his chance. What did Paul do? You know, I I spent this afternoon reading... I don't know, five or six chapters in the book of Acts at the end, and you'll see that Paul went through countless numbers of leaders defending himself, defending what he stood for, making his case. He would go from one to the next, and one after another they would never find anything wrong with him. But because Paul, under the leadership of God, appealed to Caesar... They couldn't let him go. He still had to go see Caesar according to their law. And you think that happened by mistake? No. It happened because God had already told him, Paul, you're going to suffer persecution for my name. 
And you know what Paul did? Did he, did he say, God, I'm not going to do that. God, I am not going to make a stand like that and suffer all this persecution. No, he said, I welcome it. Because he knew it was worth every bit of it. Every beating he took, every, every hour he spent in jail, every time he stood before an angry mob and they hollered and screamed at him and told him what they are going to do to him, it was worth it because he had yet one more opportunity to give his testimony, to tell somebody what God had done for him. Do you go about your life looking for those kind of opportunities? I'll be honest with y'all, I don't. But I need to do more of that. <clears throat> Turn over to Acts chapter 5. Part of being a Christian is integrity. And what does integrity mean? Integrity means not only that you'll do the right thing, but it means you'll do the right thing even when nobody's looking. It means that you'll do the right thing even when everybody's telling you, oh, you don't have to do that. You'll still go ahead and do it. That's integrity. Now let's read about some people that obviously didn't understand that. But a certain man named, I'm sorry, chapter 5, verse 1, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, let's stop for a second. I want to clarify something, and I'm going to clarify it with Scripture here in a minute. I always thought, well, that's kind of messed up that Ananias and Sapphire gave this money and then they were persecuted, or actually they end up dying because they didn't give all of it. But what I want you to see is that it wasn't because they held back part of it. It was because they told them they gave them all of it. They wanted full recognition, but they only wanted to give a partial sacrifice. That's the problem. So let me read the rest to you. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thine own? See, he's saying, look, this was yours. You didn't have to give it. And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? It's, it's your money. You didn't have to give us all of it or say you were going to. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down, gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. Now, listen. It was convenient for them to be a Christian. Listen, they were Christians. They, do you understand that this was not a good time to be called a Christian. Christians were under persecution. So for them to include themselves with this group of Jews was not 
a the kind of thing where it's like a peer pressure and you're just trying to be part of the group. No, that's not what they were doing. They were Christians. But Christians can sin just like anybody else. And, you know, the Word tells us that there's a, a sin that there is no forgiveness for. And I think that's what happened here. But what I want you to really see is that it wasn't just that they were trying to fit in with the crowd. What it was was they wanted that recognition. They wanted people to see them as as being big givers. And their heart was not pure. It was convenient to do that and just and just keep keep a little bit for themselves and tell them, yeah, here's all of it. So look at yourself. Do you ever do anything like that? Do you ever... Now, I, I, I've never lied to the Holy Ghost. I've never done that. I hope I never do. But listen, how many times have you put forth this this form of godliness before people. Because you know that's the way you ought to feel and that's the way you ought to act. But when it's all said and done behind closed doors, you have other motives. You want people to see you as something you're not. You're not willing to live that life and have the integrity when nobody's looking. But when somebody's looking at you, you want to appear like you're something you're not. That's what it means to be a convenient Christian. When when it benefits you, you're willing to take on that persona. When it benefits you somehow, you're willing to have that form of godliness. Man, that kind of hurts, don't it? But I think all of us have probably been there. I think all of us have have been in that situation where when we're with our, our friends and we're talking about church and God, it's all fine. But the minute somebody starts to talk about something that's not godly, we just kind of keep our mouth shut. Because that wouldn't be very convenient for us. It wouldn't be an easy thing to do to to make a stand at that point in time. I believe we should be led by the Spirit. Listen, there is a time and place for everything. I don't I'm not telling you to just be the kind of person that just rubs everybody the wrong way because you wear your Christianity on your sleeve. But we need to have some principles. We need to have integrity. We need to not worry about how it is going to hurt the way people look at us. Because listen, I don't care what other people think about me. What I, who is it I am concerned about their opinion of me? Is it the people I work with? The people that I meet on the road or in town during the day? Or is it my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Who do I care what their opinion of me is? It's easy to play uh, suck up to the world sometimes. But my word tells me that 
Friendship with the world is enmity with God. We can't pick and choose what parts of Christianity we want in our life. Just like you can't pick and choose who your mother and father is. You can't pick and choose who the people you work with are. You can't pick and choose what parts of Christianity you want. You either have to accept it for what it is, or move on with something else. Or you fall into this category we're talking about tonight. When it's convenient for you, when it benefits you, then you'll, you'll let that part in. Listen, that's not the way God does things. God did not send His Son to die on the cross so that you could just play a, um, a game and decide when you want to take advantage of being a Christian. You can't have all the good and none of the bad. It, it, it works the same on both sides of the fence. You know, the Word tells us that even sin is pleasurable for a season. But you can't get the good out of sin and not pay the consequences. It works the same thing in Christianity. You can't get all these benefits from being a child of God and never suffer any persecution if you're living a godly life. 